Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I know I promised at some point that I was going to switch up that intro a little bit, but it just rolls off the tongue. It's just how I feel about introducing Soul on Fire. I get so excited and it really has two names, the Balance Bond Podcast and Soul on Fire, because everything I do is just a little complicated like that, <laughs> because I never know that it's going to take off and become something that I become so interested and immersed in and spend all of my time doing. Like all I ever want to do lately is podcast either with my interviews or with my solo podcasts or connecting with people who have listened to the podcast. And as I've said before, I really have this podcast to thank for introducing me to so much out there in this world, uh, spiritual wise and people like Kelsey Patel, Marianne DeMarco, Emma Milden, Marissa Lace, High Vibe Living, Kundalini, countless people who have opened my eyes to this world of spirituality. And I feel like I've been channeling lately and just had really incredible eye-opening experiences. And I have the podcast to thank for that. So every time I get to introduce an episode, I get over the top excited. I'm sitting here on the floor right now. The sun is starting to set. So it's the time of day when sun is flooding into my apartment. Hudson's basking in the sun. Actually, right now he's smelling all of these green teas that were sent to me that you'll probably see on my Instagram very soon if they're not already up. And we're just chilling. It's been a really good day. So today I'm super excited to have my good, good friend, Nicole Kogan of No Bread on the podcast. You probably recognize her name, No Bread, from Instagram or her blog. It is a, just like it sounds, gluten-free blog. It's a guide to all things gluten-free. She started out her blog when she was living in New York and she moved to LA one year ago which I was reminded when she mentioned that on the podcast today, which seems weird because I feel like she's lived here for so much longer. But I think that's because she used to always spend a lot of time here, even when she didn't live here. So I have had the privilege of hanging out with Nicole, becoming really good friends with her. And we have one of those awesome friendships that is both a blogging friendship and a real life friendship, as I call it, which I guess, 
everyone that I've met from blogging who's become my friend is, of course, also my real life friend. But I love Nicole because we can talk about anything and everything. We don't just limit our conversation to talking about work. In fact, we mostly talk about other stuff. And that's really nice because on the one hand, we can really understand and appreciate and respect what each other do for work because we do exactly the same thing most days. But we also just connect on so many levels. We can talk about relationships and family and how we navigate this interesting position of being really social people, yet also really having this need and desire to take care of ourselves and there's a lot of foods that we can't eat. Of course, Nicole has a really severe gluten allergy and I have tons of food allergies, including gluten. And she also doesn't do dairy and she drinks probably more often than I do, but we both have a pretty similar outlook on drinking. And I think Nicole is just a really prime example of someone who is super social and awesome in the fact that she gets out there. She goes to parties and concerts and she hangs out with tons of people who are not solely wellness minded, which I love because you shouldn't limit your friendships just based off of having exactly the same interests. But also she navigates being able to have fun and have a drink or two with also these other nights where she really doesn't. So she talks about finding that balance between, to quote her, either staying out till five or being in bed by nine. And as a fellow extreme personality, I can definitely understand that. So she's amazing. I'm glad that we got to share this particular podcast episode with you guys because it reminds me of an episode like when I have Brandon on or my mom where it's really just a conversation and it's almost just a glimpse into us chit-chatting. Even though we did have, I had a lot of specific questions for her and we had a flow of where our conversation was going. We talk a lot about how she built her business and her health journey and all sorts of other things. So yeah, it's fun because she's my real life amazing friend and I get to share her with all of you. And probably I'm guessing a lot of you are already big fans of what she does on her amazing blog, No Bread. And she has some other big projects in the works too. So I'm really proud of her and I'm stoked to share this episode. So before we dive into talking to Nicole, I will introduce our podcast sponsor for today, which is Rebel. You guys know by now that Rebel is one of my favorite beverage companies that exists. They have coconut milk-based elixir and protein drinks, and I'm super happy because I get lots of messages from people people that I know personally and people who listen to the podcast and follow my Instagram of people buying Rebel at their local grocery store and saying, hey, this made me think of you or I feel so Jordan today or I'm drinking your favorite Jordan, which is the cold brew with chocolate. And that makes me happy that you guys are associating me with Rebel because they're a company that I love from the people that work at Rebel to the ingredients that they use, all really premium, high quality, organic, fair trade, soy-free, dairy-free, paleo-friendly, lots of healthy fats like MCT, all of that good stuff. Certified organic, if I didn't already mention that, because that's a very important part. And they use adaptogens. And I know adaptogens is a big buzzword. And a lot of people hear that term being thrown around, but aren't entirely sure what adaptogens are. And just to break it down for you, adaptogens are super herbs that were used by ancient cultures to bring the body back to balance in a natural way. So basically, 
If you go to a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath, it's likely that they will prescribe you, prescribe, quote unquote, suggest whatever it is you want to call it, adaptogens. So that could be anything from ashwagandha, which is often used to reduce stress and bring you back to a state of balance if you're feeling a little stimulated, overstimulated to reishi, which is also often used for that. But the cool thing about all different adaptogens is that they're used differently for different people. So basically you can have ashwagandha if you're feeling really overstressed and overworked and you want to calm down. But if you have someone in your life who's feeling really depressed, they could also use ashwagandha to balance out their symptoms. So really your respective systems would assimilate them differently and use the herb in a different way so that you can both find a place of homeostasis. So I think that that's really cool. And Rebel, something that I always love to share about Rebel because I think it's so cool that they were founded this way, is that they were actually born out of a nonprofit. And the nonprofit is called Not For Sale. It is a nonprofit that is against human trafficking, and they do a lot of work in that space. And to have Rebel, the brand, be a part of that has just, of course, raised so much awareness, so much money for the cause. And I find that really incredible. So they're an impact-driven company and exactly the kind of brand that I love to support, not to mention delicious, organic, all of that amazing stuff. Really powerful to always share those details with you guys. And as we always do, we're going to host a giveaway. Oh, and to get excited soon, we're going to have Cheryl, the CEO of Rubble on the podcast. That's booked for next month, I'm pretty sure. So to do this giveaway, to enter the Rebel giveaway, head over to Instagram, comment on the photo that I will use to announce this podcast with our guest, Nicole, and comment and tell us why you want to try Rebel. Tag them. You can even comment several times. We will count you each time. That'll probably heighten the chance that you'll win the giveaway, which is always fun. So thank you so much, Rebel, for sponsoring this episode. I love you guys as always. And let's dive into this episode with Nicole. All right. I am sitting here with Nicole Kogan, one of my very close friends. We just chatted for a really long time before we (laughs) even opened this. And I had lots of moments of being like, we should be recording this, but also not really because we were getting pretty personal about certain things. For a second, I thought we were recording. (laughs) Yeah. We're like, wait, maybe we should scale back on like what we're saying. But we just connect. She's an incredible human. And I'm so glad that I met her through the blogging world. And we have so much to discuss today from her blogging journey to her own wellness journey and kind of the fact that we choose to live life pretty similarly. So we'll get into all that. So Nicole, if you could introduce yourself and say what you do and all that good stuff. Of course. So hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be on the podcast today. Uh, My name is Nicole and I am the person behind No Bread. And it's a guide to all things gluten-free. So whether you're dining out at a restaurant or you're looking for an amazing gluten-free product or recipe, No Bread has it all. And I started this journey, let's say, I guess almost four years ago. And it's been my full-time career now for three years, which is just so crazy to think that a hobby could 
or essentially my allergy could turn into my hobby, which could then turn into my career. So this whole world is just amazing. And I can't believe how, how far and where it's gone. Yeah, that's so cool. It is funny to think that your allergy turned into your career. And it's interesting that those things that sometimes seem like the hardest at the time, like a diagnosis with celiac or just the realization that there's so many things that you can't eat in life could turn into something so unbelievably positive. Yeah, and it's crazy. So I found out I was allergic to gluten about nine years ago. And so nine years ago, how old was I? I guess I was 19. And you hear, you know, these diagnoses and then, you know, I was a sophomore in college at the time, about to be a junior. And I was like, oh my God, my life is over. Everyone's going to judge me because, you know, who knew what gluten-free was nine years ago unless you had the problem itself. So I was, you know, I didn't know what I could eat, A. I didn't want to tell people about my conditions. I just thought it was so embarrassing and I really didn't know how to cope with it. So to turn what I thought was just like this absolute nightmare into something so incredible and to also really be able to help people, you know, not feel the way I felt is what's most important to me about no bread. Yeah, that's really cool. I, so nine years ago, that was definitely back before gluten-free was even something that most people had heard of. And I was, Gluten-free at that time, too. Were you? But I don't have celiac. But I... Oh, yeah. Okay. So I wished that I did, which is a weird thing, um, because I wanted answers for my stomach problems. I'm the same way. way. Yeah. Yeah. You know when you have a virus and you wish you just had strep so you can get an antibiotic or something like that? It was like, I didn't want... When I had to tell people I was gluten-free, they'd be like, oh, celiac. And then I had to say no. And then I had to explain it even more. And I just wanted that quick answer... To A, tell people what I had so they would just, they go research it on their own. Or B, then there, even though there's no remedy, at least, you know, it was a little more understood, a little bit more, there was more preventative things. Like I was, when I found out I had to go gluten-free, I found out I had to go gluten, dairy, soy, fruit, nut, anything artificial and sugar-free all at once. So was I really going to go into all of that with everyone? I was like, I just wish I had that quick fix answer. Me too. And I feel like a lot of people take you more seriously if you say that you have celiac. hundred percent. So I was just in Hawaii at all the restaurants telling people, telling the waiter, I'm gluten-free. And they'd be like, oh, celiac or just a preference. So and I'm that. like, well, it's not really a preference. It's an intolerance. It's an allergy. Yeah. I don't have celiac. And then they would be like, oh, okay. So, yeah. But they basically, they stopped taking you seriously. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate, but I also don't want to lie and minimize people who do have celiac who have autoimmune disorders. So it's kind of just this weird position of like, it's not a preference. I swear it's kind of a big deal, but it's, it's not a disease. Yeah. And, uh, so I guess two things on that point is that sometimes I do lie depending on how you can totally get a feel for a restaurant right when you sit down. So if I feel like the restaurant staff really has no idea what's going on. And they ask that kind of question, like, is it an allergy or is it celiac? I I make it sound as severe as possible because it is as severe. That's so true. It's even, you know, some people who have celiac, and I in no way am downplaying celiac by saying this, but some people who do have celiac don't feel the symptoms of it. They just know they have it. Uh, same thing with people who are intolerant. Some people don't know that they're intolerant. So it doesn't matter if you express this t- 
to what severity you express the symptoms. If someone has that condition, whether it's intolerance or celiac, it must be taken seriously. And that's why I started No Bread. So just as a way of background, I was working at, for people who don't know my story, I was working in finance and I was doing so much client entertaining. And again, nine years ago, or at this point it was seven years ago when I started full time, I would go to restaurants. I would be at a table with a bunch of men who would order for the table. I had no idea what I could eat. No one really cared if I could eat. So, and then I would look at the waitress and be like, hey, can you just let me know what's gluten-free on this table? And they would be like, um, I don't think any of it is. Or let me go check, you know? And then I was like, okay, this is just going to be a nightmare. So basically I was getting sick every day and I was taking Benadryl to go to bed. And I was just sitting there at dinner one night with a girlfriend of mine. And I was like, I have to fix this. Like, I can't take this anymore because I'm getting home at 11 p.m., taking Benadryl to go to sleep to suppress all the symptoms I'm feeling waking up at 5.30 a.m. to go to work, hung over on whether it was the cocktails from the night before or the Benadryl hangover. And it was just a, every day was, I was just a robot. And that's what started No Bread was just wanting to change the way people viewed others with gluten allergies. I appreciate all of that so much because it's true. It is just because you don't have celiac doesn't mean that you don't suffer from those feelings. And this is kind of how I try to explain the way that I feel to people, and this is sort of what we were talking about before we started recording, is that nobody should judge what you eat because nobody has to feel the way that you feel. Yep. So we get to make our own decisions. Like, I know what it feels like in my body when I eat gluten. It's horrible. I get bloated to the point where I, I look like I'm nine months pregnant. I know exactly what I I'm going to look feel, like I'm pregnant. Yeah, same here. It's like my fun fact to people. I'm like, oh my God. See? <laughs> same. I send people pictures. I'll this like turn to the profile. Months. Yes. yes and my mom is always like, oh my God, Jordan. But I mean, I get it from my family. So they understand. We yeah. all have a sensitive stomach. But it's so hard because people will be like, oh, just have a bite. Please try it. Please try it. It's so yeah. good. And I'm like, I'm sure you're enjoying it and please keep enjoying it. But you don't, you know, like you don't have to feel the way that I feel tomorrow so yeah. or tonight or and whatever. Also, you know, it's even worse. And we haven't even discussed this before you and I, but when I do send my friends those pictures, I'm like, look, literally me at nine months and I'm so bloated or I feel so sick. People be like, oh, stop, Nicole. Like you look like, oh my, God, you look fine. And it's like, no, I don't. And Literally, okay, let's say I'm just using bloat as a term of, like, feeling swollen and stuck and gross. Like, I feel it even if you can't see it. Yeah. And people always want to say, like, okay, so if you eat gluten, like, how will I be able to see it? And, like, sometimes I don't express the symptoms, but I always know. So, for example, I'm sitting here right now, and I have no rings on my fingers. I really don't wear rings unless I'm trying to just get extra trendy for a night because the first symptom I feel is that my my fingers swell. So the thing with uh, having an intolerance is let's say I'm having the best day ever. And then all of a sudden I feel my fingers start to swell because my rings are getting tight on me. I'm like, oh no, I just screwed up. And then mentally my mood is totally offset. So I'd rather just not wear those rings because then I know, like I'll still know that I've screwed up on and accidentally consumed something that I'm intolerant to, but having those rings on is like a surefire way of telling me like, Oh, you did it. Cause now your rings are tight. They shouldn't be tight. So it's, you know, we feel these symptoms, even if they're not expressed and visible to everyone else. 
It is, yeah, it can be totally invisible to everybody else because I know exactly what you mean, how people will say, well, you look great. You are radiating glowing today. You're you're fine. And it's something that you feel on the inside and that shouldn't be minimized just because of that. But it's good that you know a couple things to do to make you, to make it just a little bit better in case that happens to you. And for me, that's like not wearing tight pants if I'm going out to dinner or something because I know what my body does Uh if I have a bite of something that doesn't agree with me. It's like, I don't want to be sitting there completely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to make these steps. That's why people will always see me in like flowy dresses and yoga pants yep. and all the stuff that I find really comfortable. Yeah. It helps me deal. Even if I know that I've kind of screwed up a hundred percent agree. But also I think we have to just not be so hard on ourselves because right. it's tough. And I think, I don't know if you find this, but I find if I can lighten up on myself and not beat myself up for having a bite of not necessarily gluten because I you, that usually doesn't happen at right. this point, but like sugar or like a dessert. And 100%. I know that we both do yeah. this whole like sugar-free sugar. kick because we love sugar so much. So if I have like too much dessert, I find if I can just like not beat myself up about it so terribly. Yeah. I feel a little better. And that doesn't mean that, like, the way that sugar makes me feel is a mental problem because some people would say that. Like, yeah. my family or some close people in my life would be like, if you just let it go, it won't affect you. And that's not actually true. It's like it's not it's not all in my head. It's right. everywhere. But the mental aspect is a part of it. Yeah, and something you and I always talk about is because we're both Libras. Yeah. This, like, pursuit of balance that we're on. And I always say that, you know – I would always brag to people that I was so in balance because I was either, you know, in bed by nine or out until five, or I was super healthy one day and so unhealthy the next. And now it's just trying to merge those worlds into, you know, taking bits and not being an extremist. And when it comes to foods and diets, like, yeah, I will forever be an extremist when it comes to gluten-free. Like, I cannot have gluten. But I totally believe in indulging in you know, a gluten-free dessert, gluten-free, dairy-free dessert, and not beating yourself up on it. And, like, I've always been very mind-body-spirit. If my body wants, you know, that piece of gluten-free, dairy-free chocolate cake over that beautiful Brussels sprout, like, I'm going to have a bite of that cake because you should eat the foods that your body wants to eat and you can't beat yourself up on it. Yes, exactly. Because enjoying it is a huge part of it. Yes. Which is why it's awesome that there are so many options for all the stuff that we do love that's oh, still yeah. indulgent and decadent and so good. Like I saw that you just went to the new Cafe Gratitude. Yes. Beverly Hills. Oh my I'm gosh. So, the I, chocolate bunt cake. I, oh, I'm dying to go. I have my gift card somewhere. I'm like, I'm yes. fearful that I lost it. But oh, if no. that happened, then I'm going to tell them. Yeah, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> well, all of that is amazing. Something I'm noticing as I'm looking at you, your skin is glowing. Like even Thank more you. than usual. Yeah, so I have, it's interesting, so I really don't have a skincare routine or a makeup routine, and part of that is because I react to everything, so I just avoid everything. But recently, I've been experimenting with all of these all-natural brands and certain things like Coco Kind Skincare, for example. Like, So funny enough about that is the founder, Priscilla, and I worked in finance together, and we would like scheme of ways of, you know, she was finding all these faults in the beauty industry and me in the food industry and we're gonna we're like you know we're gonna find a way to rectify all this so she started skincare line about all these superfoods we're putting them in our bodies why not put them on our bodies 
So, and I totally believe in that mentality. You know, if matcha has all of these amazing antioxidant qualities and detoxifies you and boosts your metabolism, okay, so let's put it on our face and, you know, see how it can antioxidize our skin and things like that. So I've been loving experimenting with different really natural good for you brands and good for you ingredients to put on my face. So I went from no skincare routine to like minimal skincare routine, but it's just a really, really good one. I'm going to use what you're using because like, especially like under your eyes, it's like glowing. Yeah. That, did you, that's the most specific. Okay. I have yeah. to get that. It's, I like it glows. Yeah. And I'm wearing zero makeup right now. Exactly. Which is like the norm for me. Yeah, I um, love that. That's, and, but if you can just glow a little bit, that's makeup. Exactly. In my well, it's just what so. makes you feel good. I totally agree. Well, I was thinking that this morning before you came here. I was like, I'm so glad Nicole's coming over because I, I mean, I never wear makeup, you yeah, know this, right. but sometimes depending on like what kind of meetings I have or who's coming over, I'll put on a little something just Eyeliner. because I, yeah, because I don't want people that, okay, yeah, I don't do anything with my eyes because I literally can never get it off, but mm. I, I just, I, because I don't know how to do yeah. makeup, but I'll do like some lip gloss or like more foundation or something, especially, yeah, I get like super inflamed in my face, so it's just like even out my complexion, but with, with you coming over, I'm like, okay, cool. I can wear my pajamas. I don't have to put makeup on. She'll totally understand my overflowing oh, yeah. kitchen. And, and I'm dressed. We're actually wearing the same. Yeah. We're literally wearing the t-shirt. same shirt <laughs> and sports bras. Yeah. And you're wearing like yoga. And pants. I'm not going I mean, to work out, but I am in yoga apparel. Yeah. Always. <laughs> 100% of the time. And something cool for everyone listening, because we haven't mentioned this yet, we were together last night, too, yes. and we were at the beautiful Kelly Levesque's book launch party at this gorgeous house in the Palisades overlooking the ocean, and I was just telling Nicole, or we were kind of telling this to each other, that walking in felt so good, because we were surrounded by people who were just good people, like people that we both love and have gotten to know in this wellness space, like people that we do know, people that we had some of just met for the first time in some cases. There, there were a lot of people oh there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it just says so much about the people that you surround yourself with and how, like, I felt like I was walking on a cloud afterwards, like, surrounded by all these people that just lift each other up, and we were all supporting Kelly, and it feels so good because I think, tell me if you can agree with this, but it's kind of in some industries rare to find a supportive, like, community-oriented group of people who's just so fun and like-minded. Like, we have so much fun together. Yeah, and so I moved here as a background a year ago, and when I first moved here, we were talking this earlier, I would, anyone who invited me anywhere, I'd just say yes, because like, I needed friends, and I was just eager, and I was just running myself into the ground. And now I'm at this point in my life where I've found my way, and it's all about just finding quality people rather than people to pass your time and to pass your days. And we found this amazing group of girls in the wellness space here in LA and beyond. And it's just this crazy energy. Like one of the girls last night that I was reunited with, I consider like one of my closest friends, but I've met her in person once for like an hour. But it's just this bond that we have because we just believe and trust in the same things and understand. Because also this world of, you know, me doing nobody, doing balanced bond, it's we're kind of making our careers up as we go. And our careers are stemming from 
are passions which you aren't taught in school. So when other people have that, you just instantly connect. So I was saying, like, we were all sitting on the lawn after this amazing yoga and breathing session last night, and I could have just spoken to you girls for hours. And it was that was just so fun for me. And the ambiance was amazing, and it was just, like, feel-good moments and everything around was just like magical and there's a beautiful sunset and then anyone who I met last night I was like exchanging phone numbers with because I know we're going to be good friends because if you were in that space last night it was because you were brought there by a common individual who's just one of the most incredible people you and I can both agree but everyone in that space who's just bonded by her means that they're bonded with each other exactly yeah it was such a cool feeling to walk in and to see like Just, yeah, so many people that we both care about between wellness bloggers and people who, like, Suzanne from the Chalkboard Magazine and Ashley who did breath work and people, you know, who own gluten-free bakeries and, like, all these people that I have come across over the years and all in one place, such kind energy. Like, I guess I could just feel the energy in the space. There wasn't a negative soul in the room. Not one. Or in the on the lawn because it was outdoors. But even like Kelly's husband filming the whole thing. Everybody was just such good vibes. So proud of her hard work. It was a good feeling. And it's so crazy too because I just like think back to me starting No Bread and I started this journey out of thinking that I had this huge issue and that I was going to be looked down upon or made fun of. And then I'm in a space with all these other amazing, amazing people who have started something out of an insecurity they once felt or something that they've been through in their life. And they're trying to share their message with the world as well. So it's just so cool to know that like, we're not alone. And also I literally last night was looking at the goodie bag, which was amazing. And there's all these amazing, you know, gluten-free dairy-free products in them. And I just like was thinking back to my days of, being a junior in college and going food shopping for the first time in my life because I was such a bland eater. And I was like, okay, now I got to get creative and make gluten-free cool. And there was one aisle at most in Wegmans that had gluten. And it was the one gluten-free aisle. Now there's dedicated gluten-free stores and even Trader Joe's and Whole Foods are predominantly gluten-free naturally. And it's just so crazy to see the way that the world has changed and everyone's just like finally getting it. And this community is huge it's past just us wellness influencers or food influencers it's the whole industry is going this way and it's awesome I know it is and hearing you say that makes me think back to when I started the blonde vegan the first name of my blog and how out there that was I I mentioned this in a solo podcast I did about my blogging journey but it's funny to think back on it when I started my blog there wasn't one single person I knew personally or, well, I guess just personally, that had a blog. Yeah. Not one person. So of all the people from my college, all the people that I grew up with, nobody had a blog. And I don't think it was surprising to them that I started a blog because I was always a fanatical writer. Yeah. And I had had a travel blog when I studied abroad in Florence, but it was, it was not, it was not, I didn't publicize it or anything. Were you ever embarrassed to tell Um, people that you had a blog? I mean, I don't know. I guess that's a really interesting question. I think I wasn't because at that point I was already proud of, like, I was so excited to share this lifestyle with people. Yeah. 
I wasn't embarrassed by it, but I definitely, I knew it wasn't for everybody. So I would preface it like, it's a vegan blog, so it's probably not your thing. That's what I would say <laughs> to a lot of people. Yeah. Because I knew that my majority of my audience was not like the people in my life. It was people on the internet who really were seeking information about how to live that life. And so kind of similar to your gluten-free journey. Yeah. When I was vegan, I wanted to show people that you can have a plant-based diet and have a normal life. So, yes, it seems, like, so challenging and so hard, but it's not. You can go to restaurants. This is what you can order. You can go out to a bar. This is what you can do in that situation. You can have all your friends. This is what you can say to them. And I had so much fun blogging about it because it was all the stuff I had learned. And I was finally sharing it with people who cared and could actually, like, use that information. But what I learned through having a blog pretty quickly is that plant-based was not necessarily just that wasn't my audience like that wasn't my only audience Mm -hmm. I was speaking to the wellness audience and that's obviously (laughs) I shifted over and made my blog a wellness blog versus a vegan plant-based blog only because I realized like my outlook on all this isn't just about eating one way it's about finding the way that works for you that's wellness oriented and of course like a lot of those things fall under the same categories like to me wellness is gluten-free like there's no reason to be putting that kind of genetically modified food in your body so it just took a whole other shift but it brings me back and I think we started around the same time if you started about four years ago yeah yeah four years ago and it's crazy because sometimes I struggle with my brand identity because no bread ultimately is a guide for all things gluten-free so I, as Nicole Kogan, love to live a life of wellness, and I am doing every wellness practice. There's like acupuncture, cupping, Reiki. I do. I tried it all. I do it all. Meditation. But at the end of the day, I do. A. I also have a sweet tooth. But B. I do have followers who just want to know where that like scrumptious food porn is that happens to be gluten free. So I'm trying to find a balance between, you know, showing this is what I the face behind no bread likes to do and likes to eat, but also FYI, you guys can go here. So it's hard to marry the two. And it's also hard to satisfy both groups of followers of community. It's two different communities. I'd say one is the foodie community and one is the wellness community. And yes, there's overlap, but also there's also a lot of people that couldn't be more opposite of each other in those groups. So I'm always looking to balance my brand. And so now what I've kind of found is like, I am a chocolate chip cookie if I could be a food. So let's make, I want to show off that really good gluten-free chocolate chip cookie, but now also let me make it for you and let me use coconut sugar instead of cane sugar and do it. So I'm trying to find ways to marry the two to really just, satisfy everyone who's gluten-free and to tie in all areas of this gluten-free lifestyle. Yeah, that's such an interesting point that you bring up because your brand has shifted over Mm -hmm. the years. And I think almost all of us, anyone who has a blog and who has been doing it seriously for a handful of years has probably experienced a shift because you start something as a hobby and then you put so much energy, so much time, so much passion, and then well, into it, and then it becomes a, a career in some yeah. cases, like in your case. 
So things, of course, shift. And I remember having a conversation with you when you were shifting over to incorporating Putting my face on it. And because you hadn't been doing that. And it was all food. And it was totally like food porn, foodie audience. That's what your staff Uh was. So it was really hard to shift it over. And I feel like you've really successfully done that. And I'm sure it's still confusing at times because ultimately, like you said, your brand is, it's a gluten-free food guide, but it's also you because it's a blog. And right. so it's, it's tough to find that. It is tough. Around. And honestly, if I've learned one thing and for anyone listening who has a blog or wants to be a blogger, don't let other people's criticisms of what you're doing affect what you do with your brand. So when I started putting myself on no bread, I remember that first time I was putting a picture. I was like, Jordan, what kind of picture should I post? And like, how often should I do it? And it was so helpful to have someone like you who went through it with your own brand kind of advise me through it. And I even now people will say, oh, I miss the days where your account was just 100% food porn. And I don't. But then it actually gets to me and I'm like, oh my God, wait. And I'll look at my feed and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I haven't posted a really scrumptious piece of cake from a restaurant that is gluten-free, which is how my brand started four years ago. I haven't done that in a while. Let me go run to a restaurant and do that just to satisfy this one person's opinion. And now I've gotten to this point where when I face these criticisms, I'm like, okay, I get it because they are the OG followers. So they wanted to stay the same forever. They started following me for a reason back then. But also that was when I had like 300 followers and now, you know, I have over a hundred thousand and literally over a hundred thousand of those followers are used to seeing my face. So Everyone's going to have their opinion, but for me and my brand, what makes me happiest is incorporating my lifestyle and the personal elements because I think it gives a more personal touch. But if you listen to every criticism out there, for every 10 compliments you get, there's going to be one, let's, you know, maybe even 100 negative comments, but we always fixate on that one negative and we try and like satisfy that one critique or that one negative comment. And if we just cater to those people who are trying to bring us down, you distract yourself from your brand. So I've learned just to surround myself with, you know, like-minded people who support my vision and my brand and also stay true to my brand and my brand's what I want it to be. And you can't let others tear you down. Yeah. That's really, 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 really good advice because it is, it is hard to take that criticism, especially when you've transitioned your brand because like you said, there are people there who are following for specific reasons. And yep. I think my opinion about that is you as a blogger have to do what feels authentic to you or else you won't be able to maintain it. And it's also, it's really not authentic to continue sharing content that doesn't excite you the way yep. that it used to. And I think about this a lot and I used to feel guilty about this because my account started as all food too. And I would spend the day making like three recipes I'm sure you know how this goes. Oh, yeah. But taking them into all areas, photographing them. And this was so fun for me. It was like, to me, this was like a drug. That's how addictive it was because it was so fun to fo- to make and photograph food and write about it and share these recipes. But over the years, um, especially because I think I kind of figured out like what I like, what I don't like. This was all the very beginning of like a plant-based wellness journey for me. Then I got to a place where I kind of went back to how I had been, which was like, almost like you said, I kind of like 
plain food, like plainer food. Yeah. And it was getting a little much for me to be like decorating my smoothies and my oatmeal and stuff just for the photo. But then I'm like, well, should I still decorate it and photograph it because that is part of my brand or should I show the real yes, authentic I'm going, side? I'm so with you. Yeah. Which is like me sipping on an, um, you know, just, well, we eat the same food. So oh, like yeah. a plain fab four smoothie that yeah. is, is not, you know, that and I, pretty. I always get jealous because I see also with Instagram, I see like engagement on some of these pictures with the crazy smoothie toppings are just so awesome. I'm like, okay, I really want to post my smoothie because it's amazing, but mine's just like boring. And granted, I do put like cacao nibs and coconut shavings on it. So I'm going to make that look really good. But it's that balance again between staying true to your brand and what you think others might like to see. Ultimately, what they like to see is what you're going to put in your body and People have come up to me because I'm always making, um, I think on my Instagram stories, if you watch them, you you know how much I love preparing salmon many different ways. So people, especially last night, came up to me and they're like, oh my God, I miss you so much. I love watching your salmon recipes. And I was like, yes, because now I can have that food that is so good for me and that I love eating so much and know that my followers and friends also like seeing me make that because it's become my brand. Exactly. Once you work something into your brand, yeah. then it surprises you that people really do kind of correlate that with you. And I love that. It feels so good because it's like something that you're actually doing versus like, yeah, you could decorate the smoothie bowls and do that whole thing and probably get really high engagement. But are you really eating it? Probably not. Right. Like you're pro- this is what I used to do. I used to eat it back when I was like a raw vegan because that was the way that I was getting nutrients. All of it, yeah. But now, I mean, I can't like chop up a banana and decorate it the way that I used to because I don't, I haven't been, you know, eating bananas and nothing against bananas, but I'm just really always trying to listen to my body and do what works for me. So I think ultimately my opinion on this is like to really have a long-term goal with your brand and your blog to remain authentic and yes, short term, really high engagement on an absolutely beautiful decorated food photo. That's really fun and that's exciting. And for some people that is their long-term brand. They're all about the food and maybe like they're working toward a cookbook that's all about that. And that's so cool. But I know that I probably don't ever want to write a cookbook. Probably not going to happen for me. There's so many other things that I would rather write books about. So to focus on that, that's not my long-term goal. Yeah. Short term, I'm sure I would get some more thousands of followers because people like to see that stuff. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. But I was taking a look at my account all the time. Um, not was, but always. Yeah. Like, but last night, <laughs> last night I was taking a look at it and kind of thinking, and I, you know, we pick ourselves apart. Like, am I posting too much of like the, in the moment, like what I'm doing and it's always me. And should I really be switching it up and not, putting more food because people do want to see the food or like the scenery. But then I just thought, whatever, does it really matter? Like what's important to me with my blog and my brand is living life and sharing it. So maybe that turns me into somebody who's just sharing iPhone photos most of the time from what I'm doing. And that's cool. And I don't, I, to me, that's cool. And I don't feel it, the need to explain myself or, justify it to myself because that's where I am right now I'm loving podcasting and 
connecting with like the people that I love and sharing them on the podcast. And maybe it's less about like the aesthetic on social media than it used to be for me, but it's kind of fun. It's cool because social media has turned into our art and because it's our expression. So whether you want to be super curated or whether you have a set thing like, okay, I posted food today. I won't post food tonight. I'll post food tomorrow morning. I won't post food the next, you know, whatever it may be, it's your art and it's your expression. And it just all, it comes from you. Yeah. That's what's important. And that's what your followers are most engaged with. Exactly. And then the nice thing about having Instagram stories is that you can share the behind the scenes. So people do know what you have for dinner, even if you didn't like decorate it perfectly for the photo on your and that's so with me when I was talking about balancing my brand I love Instagram stories now because so my brand started as restaurants so how to go to restaurants in New York City what you could and couldn't have now my restaurant guide which is still super active is in a whole bunch of cities and but I don't get to post all those pictures on the account anymore but I can show them on my Instagram story and my Instagram story is so uncurated I mean, I don't really wear makeup anyway when I'm out, but, like, I'm dirty half the time on my Instagram stories, and I don't care because that's me, and this is, you know, it's a fun way of showing the day-to-day things because I'd say my account is a bit more curated. I like to plan it out a little bit more in advance rather than being super real-time. But on my Instagram stories, you know, Drew and I were both just Instagram storying before we started speaking today because this is – you know, the day in the life. If you want to follow along and you want to see that gray shirt that we're matching in, it's on our stories. And it's just cool that, you know, these platforms have expanded to, that we can show all different parts of our expressions. Yeah. And that feels the most authentic. It feels good. And I think that's also how we've all kind of like met and connected with each other. A lot of the people that we surround ourselves with and hang out with because people have been gravitating more over the years toward sharing authenticity versus just like the food photos like when I used to share just food photos no one would even have known you know what I looked like yeah. or, like they wouldn't even know and that's that's totally fine but it's different like now I mean meeting Rachel for the first time last night or I met which Rachel which was so crazy to me yeah Rachel I was shocked last night for the first time ever like we both I I think the first thing I said to her was I feel like I know you and she was kind of like we do like I we yeah. do know each other And then I was like, wait, yeah, I don't just feel like I know you. I do know you. Yeah. And it's also, so she was actually who I was referring to earlier who I haven't seen in forever. And when I'm texting with a lot of the girls that we've met that are, we've become so close with, it's always like, love you. Oh my God, babe, like great picture. It's always so encouraging and so positive. And someone brought up a girl last night. I was like, oh my God, I love her. And then I was like, oh my God, so funny. I haven't met her. (laughs) But like she and I text all the time and you know, help each other with different projects and pictures and advice and tips and because we're in this community where it's just an energy. So it is funny when you get to meet these people because we don't all live right here in LA. A lot of us are, you know, I'm traveling so much and others live up in Seattle, New York, Florida, Texas. We're all over, but it's just a common bond. Yeah, it's really cool. It's nice. It's like, it's probably that way in a lot of industries but we we haven't always gotten to enjoy that because our industry is so different and it's so new and like you said we're almost making it up as we go along yeah a lot of what we do on a day-to-day so to be able to connect with people about that is so nice
Okay, so just a brief pause from this awesome conversation with Nicole to tell you guys about the second podcast sponsor for this episode, BioClarity. And something cool about BioClarity is that Nicole uses it too. So as you're listening to our conversation and thinking, wow, maybe these girls are really close in real life and this isn't just a blogger friendship type of thing like I talked about in the intro. That's true. We also share tips and tricks back and forth. And I'm not sure which one of us started using BioClarity first, but I know that we both have ridiculously sensitive skin and ridiculously sensitive systems. And I trust what Nicole puts on her skin and I trust what Nicole puts in her body. Thankfully, because no bread is great that way, her sight, but that's also how she lives her real life. So we both use BioClarity. I particularly have been posting about it all over my social media because I like to share with you guys the things that I'm actually using and finding a benefit from. Something that I really love about BioClarity is beyond the fact that they are natural, gluten-free, cruelty-free, paraben-free, and sulfate-free, just to name a few of the incredible natural properties about them. They also use this ingredient that is plant-based and very exclusive, something that you're not going to find in another skincare product, and it's called Floralox. And Floralox is a totally plant-based ingredient that is derived from chlorophyll. So if you know anything about how good chlorophyll is for you, if you ingest chlorophyll, if you drink it or... I mean, I I always put chlorophyll droplets in my water. It's really anti-inflammatory and it's detoxifying and it has a lot of antibacterial properties or at least that's what I've experienced in my own body. Definitely not a doctor, so I don't know how it's going to work out for everybody if they ingest chlorophyll, but I love chlorophyll. So you can imagine with all of those beautiful benefits for putting chlorophyll into our bodies, how good Floralox is for our skin. And I think it's so cool that BioClarity uses this plant-based ingredient in their formula. And a couple of other really cool things about BioClarity is that it is detoxifying. It protects healthy cells in the face and contains anti-aging vitamins like vitamin A, C, E, and K. It helps to heal wounds and it helps keep our system in balance. So I like that because it goes all around with my wellness-minded lifestyle. It's not only about skincare. I mean, skincare is hugely important, but when you're living a wellness-minded lifestyle, it's kind of important to tie everything together. So I always say that taking care of my skin just like moving my body, just like what I put into my body, it's all the lifestyle. It all kind of has to go hand in hand with one another. So I wouldn't necessarily put something toxic on my face if I wouldn't put something toxic in my body. And I've gotten more and more passionate about that over the years. I think skincare wasn't always the most exciting part of wellness to me in the past. And now it really is really exciting to me. So I love BioClarity. They have their super coveted ingredient, Floralox. I also love the people behind the company. And as you know, that's always really huge for me because hello, if I'm working with someone, I want to enjoy the process. It's all a collaborative experience. And if I'm going to share something with you guys, it becomes even more collaborative. So 
If you try it out, please let me know what you think. You can use the code BLONDE at checkout. That is B-L-O-N-D-E. And that will give you 50% off. And we will put a code or a link rather in the show notes with the code so that you have the code written, a link to go directly to BioClarity's website. You can also find that link on my blog and a few different places because it's a direct link so that they can tell that you're coming from me. But if you end up going to their website, regardless, obviously that's fine too. And you should definitely still use the code because 50% off is pretty awesome. So check them out. They're great for sensitive skin. They help reduce inflammation. They help fight breakouts and blemishes, all of the things that we look for in skincare. So check them out. BioClarity link in the show notes and use that code BLONDE. When I asked you earlier if you were embarrassed to tell people about having a blog, it was because I was so embarrassed. Yeah, I was wondering. I that. was so embarrassed because I went to Cornell as a finance major. I was very much on that type A track yeah. where I got that awesome Wall Street job. And I knew all along it wasn't for me, but I thought I had to leave that job to go to another corporate job that was just less corporate y yeah. or something like that if I wanted to go be creative. And I was even concerned that people would judge me with that, like changing industries. So for that year that I had no bread while I was working in finance, I didn't tell anyone on my team about it because this would be like my outlet, my creative outlet. A couple of my friends knew because I wanted like someone to read my posts, but I was just so embarrassed. And it's so funny now because I ran into a friend from college here in Venice and I hadn't seen her in forever. And she was like, Oh my God, like it's been so amazing to see this journey of yours. So you're like full time doing this. I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, so for how long now? It's like three years. And she's like, so it, it makes money. And like that's everyone, you know, from my background's first thought or first question is like, okay, so she does this full time, so she makes money. Like that's their first thought. Whereas instead, like when I meet girls in our scene or people in our scene, it's like, you do this full time, like that is awesome. I am so excited. I want to do that too. It's a different mentality, but it's just so funny that there was this stigma that I had to overcome that I still feel, but I'm at that point now where I don't feel like I have to defend what I do anymore. If anything, I'm kind of like, haha, I do this. And yeah, like I make money. That's just, that's just a perk of this amazing journey that I'm on that it was actually, I was actually able to turn it into my career. I left my job in finance because I was so unhappy um, and it was nothing against the people that I was working or the job. People I was working with or the job itself. It was just, it wasn't for me. But I left to go find myself, essentially. So the fact that this hobby I had did turn into my career was so amazing. And it's because I had all this passion behind it. And my mom looked at me and said, if you did, because I was worried about like my parents' support in leaving to be a blogger. And my mom was like, you did so amazing at something that you didn't love. You're going to kill it at something you're so obsessed with. And I was like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm going. I love hearing that. Yeah. I love that that's what she said. Yeah. So the fact that Nobreds turned into my job, like this wasn't the intention. But now that it is, it's the fact that my everyday passion is my job. It's like, I'm like giddy right now saying that sentence because it's just so fun. It is so fun. And I love that whole journey because it's so interesting. Everyone who's fallen into 
this industry has come from such a different place and uh-huh. maybe the difference between you and I of like how embarrassing it was for you because it was so different from where you came from like the corporate finance world and Cornell and all of that like I always said I'm never gonna have a nine-to-five I'm uh, gonna be just yeah. write novels and teach yoga and so people it for me it was like kind you knew well yeah I didn't you know that this did industry it. existed but people were like all right this makes sense for Jordan because picturing me in a nine-to-five anybody who close to me would be like yeah you wouldn't work that wouldn't work for you like I wouldn't thrive. Yeah. I could do it if I had to. But um, for me, I wouldn't be a good employee. Like, it would be hard because I just, I, yeah, yeah. I struggle in that environment so much. I struggle in an environment where I don't have the control over my schedule and whatever. Highly sensitive person. So it's so cool that that is your journey and that now you are so proud of it, of course, because you've built it into something amazing. And you do because of your background and just because of, like, who you are and starting a business. You have such an entrepreneurial mind. And yeah. I love that about you because we can, like, riff off of each other uh-huh. forever. And you're so smart. And it's nice to have that you have, like, the business savvy also with the creative passion because not all of us have both. Right. And I think... That's why people are like, oh, do you hate the time you spent working in finance? Do you wish that you had just started this, you know, years ago and never gone into that journey? And I am truly so thankful for that. those years I spent working in finance. I was one of the only females on a, in a male-dominated industry and on a male-dominated desk. And so I had to learn how to stand up for myself and create a name for myself both which I've carried over into this journey. You know, at a young age, I had my own clients on the number one sales team on Wall Street. And I had to, you know, make a name for myself for those clients. And I had to be really driven. And I had to give them creative plans, which was why they were going to come. I worked in equity sales, like why they're going to do business with me versus my competitors at different banks. So I had to have, you know, different business smarts. And I learned that through watching people in that industry. So I think that, you know, I think I'm surprised I've turned no bread into such a business because I really had no idea what I was doing when I started. I was like, it's going to be my resume to get me into something else at some point. But people who know me are like, no, it made sense that you turn this into a business immediately because I'm all about combining my passion for being creative and passion for business into one. And so that's how I turned No Red into a business. And I've learned also, you know, the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur are swing much wider than the highs and lows of sitting at your corporate desk job. And you have to know how to manage those highs and work with those lows. So all these things I've learned from my days in finance and I think my, having a business-savvy background is what's made no bread and what's made me the person I am today. That's really cool to hear. And it's, I haven't thought of it that way because I never did have a corporate yeah. job before this. I interned in those environments a little bit. But mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't last very long. I couldn't, I couldn't have. But it, it's different for me to think about it that way, that the highs and lows swing so much wider here. 
Because oh, there yeah. is so much more risk. Because if you do, like, take some time off or if you're having an off day or whatever, that means nothing's happening that day. Yeah. But there's no team members. There's no boss. There's no employees. And if someone says no or if you get turned down on a gig or they give it to someone else and you have that moment where it's like, oh, my career is over. Is this the day that all the brands start saying no to me? Like, we all have those moments. I'm really glad I'm not the only one oh who my has gosh. those moments. And but like, we have those weeks even. But then the next week is like, amazing and opportunities you didn't even know existed start existing and but you have to not let those down days totally crush your spirit yeah and you have to not get really cocky in those high days too so it's for just sure learning it, I think it takes a specific personality yeah I have 100 friends that I grew up with who would hate the uncertainty and they love the certainty of their job. Yeah, I always say to people, I'm like, just leave. If you're so miserable, I don't hear about it anymore. Just leave. Like, you can do it. Just leave. And people will literally be like, I, I wish I could. I don't have that bone in me to do it. And it right. takes a certain kind of person. Well, yeah, that's why I'm always so careful to say, even though I would die in a nine-to-five, I respect the hell out of people who have one and who thrive in that environment. Yeah. Just like I would hope that they respect the alternative, which is something that we're doing because I do believe it's different for everybody. Some people prefer to keep their hobbies as hobbies yeah. and that's their outlet. And we, you know, at least speaking for myself, I, if I'm into something like I want to incorporate it into the brand. And so I like that my hobbies are never really just hobbies. They're always like, yeah, I can think about them almost in a business way a business-minded entrepreneurial way like I love Reiki right now I love Kundalini I love meditating so I can incorporate that into the balanced wand because for me it's part of the wellness lifestyle it's new to me so I can explore it with my audience and how fun to like connect with people at the same time it's like I don't know that much about this world yet either so yeah and that's what's amazing about our world is okay so we're all under this greater umbrella of the wellness world, but I know nothing about a lot of the different techniques and practices you do. So when you're doing your Instagram stories, I'm screenshotting the products that you're putting up and I'm taking notes and I'm going to your blog and I'm taking notes and I'm reading other people's questions and your comments back to them because I'm learning from you in a different facet of this industry. And uh, that's, everyone kind of has like their thing, which is amazing. And you can, being that our brands are so personal, you can incorporate the different things you want to do onto your platforms because you're teaching your followers. Yeah, exactly. And it's part of being authentic, too. Because, like, if there comes a day where I'm not really doing that stuff anymore, like, you won't, people won't be seeing it on my social media because I'm not just going to act like I'm doing something that I'm not. And yeah, that works. That works for us. And I've really started getting into travel recently. And I know yeah. you might go share a travel bug, but for me, with having allergies, when I first got diagnosed, I was like, "So how am I going to go eat? I canceled the family's trip to Italy. We were going away that summer, and it was going to be to London. Is our first time ever going to Europe? London, Paris, Italy. And I was like, "Cool, I'm not going to Italy because I'm not going to be able to eat anything, and I'm going to be depressed. So we didn't go. But I realized that. You know, and then when I was traveling places, even if I was just going from New York to Florida, I had a separate duffel bag of all of my snacks. And I knew on the planes, lost cause, you're not going to be able to eat anything. If you're going to a resort, God only knows what they're putting in the food. So what's so cool now is I've been working with like resorts and airlines even to show what you can eat 
as you travel because also yeah. now airlines and resorts are getting it that you have to cater to everyone and allergies are real and dietary restrictions are real and if you're on a long 12-hour flight overseas or something and there's no food for your customers that like you can't re- expect them to bring snacks even now I posted a picture recently that kind bars are now on Delta flights as, yeah, as just, just like the Delta. Yeah. As I was the, so um, in-flight snack and it was like, so peanuts, pretzels, kind bars. And like, how amazing is that? And I posted a picture of it and a lot of my followers commented like, Oh, well girl, you should just pack a snack. Okay. Sometimes yeah. I forget. You well, know, yeah, so it's, it's nice to have options just like everybody else. Yeah, and because also, like, I love to snack. So even if I do have my snacks, I still want to, like, even if I'm not going to eat that kind bar, I'm still going to get it just to know that I got it because I could. Yeah, I love that, too. It's like you shouldn't be expected to work extra hard just because you have an allergy. Like, right. you've already had to do that for a decade. So yeah. it's kind of nice that so, people are catching on. So now, especially because gluten-free is so huge in America now, but in London, they're, like, just getting with it. And in yeah. Asia, it's so non-existent. So I went to Hong Kong and I was featuring gluten-free in Hong Kong and I was suffering, but I'm glad that I can be the guinea pig and now I can go back to my followers and be like, okay guys, this is what I did find because I know people out there are going to go to Hong Kong and we have no bread London now because it's so common for people from the States to go to London, whether it's for to see their friends or for a work trip, whatever. So now it's cool to show like, oh, guess what? Like Europe is on board. And I went to Italy and they had signs on the door and it would say, pasta is fresh gluten-free pasta available. So they're taking it seriously. And my followers had no idea. So it's cool that I can take the travel angle with my brand too. Yeah. I think that's one of the most helpful things you could do at this point because I feel like as helpful as it is to know how to eat in your own city, like a place like where we live, LA, the information is out there at this point. You've put it out there, tons of places have put it out there. But travel is very hard, even places like Hawaii where... Yes. I just got back from Ugh, I was again. so upset because I've been staying at this hotel in Maui for a really long time. I mean, it's easy to figure out where I stayed if you're listening, but I won't name them just because I was really disappointed with their food situation because they used to have a healthy menu. They used to have a healthy options menu. Yeah. And they were like kind of before their time. They had a heart healthy section, a gluten free section, a vegan section, vegetarian, and macrobiotic. So I was always so happy there because they had the vegan stuff they had gluten-free they had everything I could have ever wanted amazing yeah I would rave about this menu to people all the time in my personal life and on my blog and this year I went back and I have no idea what happened if they had like some budget cuts or if it wasn't doing well anymore their menu was awful like they're that's crazy everywhere like their restaurants their pool it didn't have I mean, there were options, yes, but it wasn't exciting. Like, my family was trying to calm me down because I get so worked up about stuff. I travel stuff. for food. It's yeah. And the you, basis of how I yeah, places. You'll understand. I was just so looking forward to, like, these tempeh salads and, like, everything that I had loved for all these years. And now the option was, like, a Chinese chicken salad without the See, wontons. And it's a nightmare because... Like, to me, I don't know. Well, I don't want to get deeply into it, but, like, I don't know where that chicken comes from. Right. I don't feel comfortable eating this. This isn't even going to satiate me. I'm just upset. And it's so it was hard. And yeah. I feel like having a guide, like, on your site or something of places, like, yeah, anywhere. Like, if you had been to Maui, for example, 
it would have helped me because right. I didn't really know. And then it's like I was asking, is this gluten-free? Oh, I don't know. That was the response. Or there was one thing on the menu that said burger slash burger or taro burger. So I said, oh, is the taro burger a veggie burger? And one server said yes and one server said no. Yeah. I was like, what am I supposed to believe? And if it is a veggie burger, and now is it's it gluten-free? Like, and now like, no. if they go back to the kitchen and confirm that it is, you just don't trust it. Right. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know if this is a veggie burger or a beef yeah. burger? Does that, have you ever seen it? Anyone order it? Like, I was just so confused. So a lot of times with our food allergies and preferences, we really have to fend for ourselves, which is hard. And yeah. that's why it's so cool that you put that information out there for people. Yeah. And it's so interesting, too, because with gluten-free, something you always see when you're ordering that gluten-free bread for your sandwich or the gluten-free sub, it's like plus one or plus two. Sometimes there's an airline out there that they now have a gluten-free menu, a vegan menu, a kosher menu, et cetera, et cetera, paleo menu, but only if you're sitting in, uh, you know, business class or something. And, okay, cool, so now I have to go buy that $1,000 seat just to have that menu. And it sucks that, you know, there is an added cost to a healthier lifestyle, and that's one thing I'm really hoping to see change over time, like, your intolerance isn't class specific. So it has to be accessible to everyone. Like the upcharge I get is you're using, you know, more ingredients in something. It costs more to produce an item. I get it. But people are turned off to our industry too because it's a more expensive yeah. industry. That's very but true. I, for one, put all my money behind. Everyone thinks like, all the food that's going on my Instagram is free food and all the food that I'm cooking is free. And yes, we get sent a ton of products, but I'm still spending hundreds of dollars a week at different like wellness stores and whole foods and things like that, because I am going to buy the highest quality food, the highest quality ingredients because that's what makes my body feel best. But I do hope that in time, the discrepancy between, you know, the gluten-free alternative and, the gluten-filled products, the price discrepancy comes, the gap closes. I agree. Because I want everyone to be able to indulge and experience how good we feel by this lifestyle and not be scared that they can't afford it. I agree. And another thing on that note is when, because I get that all the time too, like, well, your lifestyle is unrealistic and it's kind of more what you choose to spend your money on. And yes, a lot of you know, the stuff that I do enjoy for food is more expensive. That's why I spend all my money on food. But for people who are on a very limited budget and looking to eat healthier and find some gluten-free options at the grocery store, I would say you have to cut some other things out and just be okay with it. Like maybe that's maybe not going out and ordering a few drinks on the weekend. And if that sounds like an awful thing to you, maybe it's not the right decision for you. But if it sounds doable, then do it. And there's a lot of things I stopped spending money on when I got a lot more health conscious. And, you know, walking instead of Ubering if you can. There's things you can make it realistic. So when people say to me, like, I just can't do that. That's not realistic for me. My brain goes to, like, 15,000 options that I could mention. And it's not my place to tell someone how to spend their money or how to live their life. Everybody has to figure it out on their own. But I do believe it's doable doable totally to eat healthy and something that you just brought up which I know we wanted to chat about more too today was that 
you know, those nights when you go out to dinner with a big group of friends and because I always experience this having a gluten allergy. What if we're going out to a restaurant where I couldn't eat a single thing on the menu and I didn't drink, so I was in the mood to drink that night. But oh, hey, okay, guys, we're splitting the bill. And it's like, okay, am I really going to spend $100 right now on food I didn't eat and drinks I didn't drink? And, okay, I'm the kind of person when I'm at those dinners, I'm like, oh, wait, Jordan, like, you didn't drink and you yeah. didn't eat. Okay, guys, we're going to divide this eight ways instead of nine. But other people are so not like that. And because in their minds, it's like, well, she came, she should have, and she could have, you know. And it's, Yeah. So it's uh, a lot of me starting No Red was to show how to live a fun social life with your intolerances. And I still go out all the time, even when I can't eat or if I'm not going to drink. And A, are people going to judge me? Are they going to you know, am I going to judge myself? And there's a lot of insecurities that stem from that. Yeah, it's hard. And I so appreciate the people who are the types of people who will say, oh, Jordan didn't drink or Jordan yeah. didn't eat or Jordan had a side salad as an appetizer or whatever. And everybody else had five drinks. I so appreciate when someone else will bring it up so that I don't have yeah. to because I don't want to make it even harder and call it out even more like how different I am than everyone at the table. But usually someone is mindful enough to notice. And if they aren't, I mean, I've been in all types of situations uh-huh. where, like, I will just pay because I feel like, Always, all right, well, yeah. I'm here. I, I'm in the choice the experience. To yeah. But other times it's like, no, look, like, you wanted five margaritas and I didn't. So we're just going to we're gonna yeah. look at this. And a lot of times, it's really not the dollar amount. It's the principle of the situation. It's the principle, yeah. yeah. And something, I mean, for people listening, one thing I've found that makes it easier, if you really do get, like, I've been in situations where everybody has food and drinks, and I literally just order, like, a lemonade or something or a salad or whatever. I'll look to the person next to me, and I'll be like, hey, can I Venmo you $15, like, for what I got? Because everyone else is clearly splitting this because they clearly didn't get anything. Yeah. And most people, at least, like, I would hope the people in my life would be like, of course. But that makes it easier than having to tell the whole table, like, so only $10 on my card. I know. Or whatever. Just look to, like, look to your closest friend at the table and be like, look, just, will you just, if everyone's putting their cards in, put mine on your card and I will pay you back, like, at this instant. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's one thing that I've found that helps, but it is tough. And, you know, like we said, it's it, kind of we just, shouldn't sacrifice the social, the fun yeah, events you shouldn't just have because to. you're worried, like, A, can I eat? B, what are people going to think if I don't want to eat this? Yeah. So I'm very on board for it's always so refreshing when people are like, oh, I got this. Yeah. Didn't eat. Take care of it. No, exactly. I love when people just are mindful enough to notice that and also caring enough because I have. A lot of friends who are discovering this healthy journey, you know, at this point in their life. And they're like, Jordan, how do you do it? Like, I don't want to go anywhere now because I just pay for all these things that I don't have. This is what a lot of my friends say, you know, like, yeah, I'm paying for everyone else's dinner. I might as well just stay home and not go. And I'm like, if you don't want to go, don't go. But if you want to go, trust me, you can make it work. And I think that goes back to surrounding yourself with people who are respectful and who get it. And even if they don't get it, who respect the way that you live your life and 
I mean, back in the day, back in college, I had friends who took it as a personal offense that I was eating healthy. Yeah. And they, of course, weren't going to be the ones to help me out in these awkward situations. But that's why, like, they're not in my life anymore. Right. Not like I cut them out brutally, but it was just we went our different ways. Yeah, and quality over quantity is what really matters at the end of the day, especially, you know, we have such crazy, crazy schedules, and especially between travels and being gone on time, when you are home and settled, or even when you're gone traveling, it's like you prioritize who you want to see. And at first, I felt really conflicted about that, about, I don't want to say cutting people out of my life, but becoming less close with people that I was once super close with. But at the end of the day, it's just, there's so much going on. I have to put my energy towards people who give me good energy back and just quality, quality people. And uh, I have, I still have quality friends from my younger years, but I don't feel obligated anymore to go to the big girls night just to show face. I used to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to stop by and just show face. I don't feel obligated to do that anymore. And it's been like so freeing because I can put my energy towards the people in my life who do matter or I can put that energy into a great night's sleep and get up early and go work out in the morning because with a hectic schedule it's kind of hard to make sure you're working out all the time so yeah it is that I prioritize it is it's totally quality over quantity with people and then also with spending time with those people that are in your life like same thing you can find ways to see people that that don't necessarily include going to the big girls night or the thing that doesn't really work for you or is going to keep you up really late if you don't want to be there, that kind of thing. Like my closest friends that I've remained just super everything close and good with are the people who we can find other ways to see each other too. And yeah. it's not about like we saw each other three times this week so we're close. That's not what it is. It's yeah. Like, Sometimes I don't see And that's how people, people judge closeness, weeks. which yeah. is so annoying. No, closeness is like a connection, not a frequency. Exactly. And the people, I think, who are meant to be in your life, they'll always get that, and they'll feel that way too. But, I, yeah, I'm still navigating having people who are like, well, I haven't seen you in two and a half weeks. Like, I'm jealous of these other people that you're hanging out with. I thought we were best friends. We were close friends yeah. or something. And that I'm, I get it because everyone's on their own path with how they view things and I try to look at everything from like from the other person's perspective how are they looking at this what is their life looking like right now okay I'm important to them I'm gonna show them how important they are to me in their way so that they understand but I want them to see it in my way too yep when I moved to LA I had a lot of friends from New York say like oh Nicole's too good for us now she doesn't like we don't see her anymore or we just see her like through social media okay, yeah, you don't see me anymore because I'm physically separated. Like, I'm across the country. So, yes. And, you know, saying, like, oh, you only see my life through social media, that's going to be our connection now. Okay, so if that's your passive-aggressive way of saying, like, we don't speak on the phone enough, phone calls go two ways. I can only call you as so much that like, you have to call me too. It's a balance. If it's a friendship. Or you're just – it's just judgmental because – you're saying, like, I don't know, it's kind of hard. You'll probably understand what I mean being in this world, people. If you're, like, really happy and excited to share the news, a lot of people get to hear about that news. And it's almost like people, some people who are maybe a little bit bitter might say, like, oh, she's bragging or something like that. But this is my business is to ex- exclaim these exciting news. And it's not like I'm trying to be like, oh, hey, everyone, watch me from afar. Do this. It's, you know, this is my career. So yes, you are seeing it. And 
don't know, I go through this struggle all the time with wanting people to love what I'm doing and not judge what I'm doing and get it, but there's always going to be haters. Yeah, it's part of letting go of, like, what people think because I think, yeah, the people who are true, true friends, they are always going to be excited for you and they're always going to get it and there isn't going to be the judgment factor. And I've totally experienced that a ton with with making a big announcement on my blog or social media and having friends in the past say, well, you didn't tell me first. Yes, And, like, I'm learning along with just everyone who looks at your blog. And that was big when I announced that I had an eating disorder because I didn't really tell anyone, minus a handful of, like, three or four people. And I had tons – I had probably 30 voicemails that day of, like, upset friends and and business people that I knew, like – really like you were going through this and you didn't tell me and it was like suddenly all about everyone else and I get it because I get it that they wanted to hear it from me and so I've learned like what to share with people before I put it out there but then again it's like that's how I chose to do it it wasn't something I wanted to exclaim and talk about like with a ton of people right away I just wanted to make it known because like it was happening. So I wanted to be clear about it and authentic and like, hey, this is what's happening. But I don't want to sit there and explain it to every single person. And it's my form of expression. It's, I like to express myself through writing. And it just so happens that goes on to my blog, which is seen by yes, a lot of people. exactly. So I'm with you. It's interesting and it's hard. But I also think, like you were saying about your friend who you weren't able to see last night, he was like, yes, go to this event yep. where, like, you should be there. The quality people in your life get it. And uh, last night, I have a friend in town who's one of my best friends on the planet, probably one of the most meaningful people to me in my life. And uh, he wanted to hang out last night, and it's his last night in L.A. And I was like, I love you to death, but there's this event. And I told him about the event. He's like, no, you got to be there. And I was like, wow, thank you. It was just refreshing. It's almost like I over-explained the fact of, like, what it was and why it's very – he was like, no, that's, like, super important. you got to go. And I was like – I love that. Yep. I I love that. Thank you. And it's so rare. Like, I feel like – and it's like I should have known that I didn't have to explain to him what that event was because I know he's one of those quality people in my life, that he's a forever person. I knew that the second I met him. And uh, I so often, though, I'm defending why I'm going to certain things or hanging out with certain people – that I felt like I had to do it with him, too. And I'm like, okay, I sh- the true people in my life, I don't have to explain it to. Yeah. They get it. They know. Exactly. That reminds me of one of my best friends from college, Jordan, who... Oh, you met him. Oh, I met him. Okay, yeah. So he's just like that. Yeah. Where we have a quality over quantity friendship. Like, we were attached at the hip for many, 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 many years. We didn't go an hour without being together. We lived across the hall. Like, we were just... We were inseparable. And we're not we're not physically inseparable anymore. Right. We really live separate lives, but we respect the hell out of each other. Yep. And we're just as close as we've ever been because it we're happy. We're we're both we're doing our thing. He's doing so well in his career, which is a completely different industry yeah. than talent management. And um, but like not our type of blogging talent. Yeah, yeah. It's all about a different world than the entertainment industry. And I'm doing this, and we couldn't be more respectful and supportive. We're always up on what each other are doing. He is the first to congratulate me when something big happens. The first to wish my mom a happy birthday. Like, he is a true, authentic friend. 
And when we have plans and I'm like, hey, Jordan, it's been the longest day of my life. I have to go to bed at 830. I'm just so sorry. He's like, cool, me too. Like, we just, we respect each other. Or he's like, I get it. Like, I was excited to see you, but, like, we'll see each other another time. And I just appreciate that. I think a lot of, the reason why I consider all of, like, our friends, a lot of my best friends is because of that appreciation and because we all travel so much and have such hectic schedules, the time that we can sync up, like sometimes you and I go a month without seeing each other, but then when we put that date in the calendar, it's locked in there and yeah. we're going to see each other. We're going to have our catch up and it's going to be as if I saw you yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And if for some reason, like you weren't able to make it today or vice versa, we would understand. Always. We would always, it's just a respect thing. It's yeah. Like, I respect your schedule. It doesn't mean that you don't like me. Oh, like, yeah. You, it might mean that you have a lot of stuff to catch up on and do before your next trip or, like, you just got back or whatever it is. And it's just part of understanding other people and not just thinking about yourself. And I find that with people so much. Like, even um, coming up here, I had to cancel a few plans coming up this week, next week, because, like I kind of mentioned, I'm I'm gone every weekend this month, yeah. which makes it really funny because I'm here all five days of week and so like I'm the opposite yeah okay so yeah it's oh, like man, we're not gonna see each other oh, I'm <laughs> sad. so I but like even though I'm here I'm like shit I'm leaving on Friday or Thursday or whatever depending on each week like I've got to plan my life accordingly I have a lot of stuff yeah. to get done so I was kind of I was rescheduling some plans and I was doing it well in advance to be respectful of other people's time and some people were not having it and I don't like Which that. Absurd. People, yeah, just some, it was kind of just like, well, I'll come here then, or you come here, and we'll just change the time. And I'm like, I'm I, really sorry. I'm trying to be super upfront. I'm very spread yeah. right on that day. And it's like, okay, well, like not, not yeah. taking no for an answer. And that, I have an aversion to that at and this point. Also, I need people to be respectful, and I going to respect other people. And you actually taught me this. I remember when you were finishing your book and I was like, Hey Jordan, like let's get coffee or lunch this week. And you're like, Hey girl, like I'm in lockdown for the next two weeks until this book is done. That takes willpower to be like, I think you even like went off to a, a you left oh, LA yeah, I did. and so there's like one week that you're in LA and you're like, I'm going to be grinding 24 seven. Love you. See you the next week. And I was like, respect. And I was like, I need some of that in my life because I will do that, but then someone approaches me with, like, a really fun plan, and I'm like, okay, like, I'm around, but I, right now, I'm planning, like, a two-week thing in August where I just go away, and I need to kind of, like, be alone to finish a project that I'm working on, and that's going to be really hard for me, but I took, actually, that bit of advice from you and other, you know, of our friends who just, it shows you have to prioritize, and, like, but when you said that to me, it wasn't like, oh, Jordan, like, you can't even make lunchtime for me or something or a quick coffee I was like no girl like crush it kill it yeah can't wait to see you in two weeks when it's done and like that's a mutual respect yeah and it's so appreciated because there are a lot of people who are like you literally don't have time for a coffee ketchup right. and I'm like no I don't because I don't I don't want to get out of the zone it's the and zone. it's, it's nothing the zone. personal yeah. and I would love to see you know everybody all the time and I also have a lot of goals and projects that I want to get done and so it's just balancing and it's also hard because people assume like since our schedules are alternative yep. that we are always available or like yes you can go to lunch yes you can get your nails done in the middle of the day no I can't not if I say that I can't so just trust me yeah and I would say that 
I'm incredibly busy, but I'm also incredibly flexible. Yes. If you put yourself in my calendar. If yes. it wasn't in my calendar, it didn't exist. That's like my quote. Yeah, like, we always say that to like my girlfriend's, too. One of my best friends was looking at my calendar the other day. It's like become a joke amongst her friends. Like, oh, it's like Nicole's calendar. It's like Monday, 9 a.m., period. And she's like, well, what does that mean? I was like, oh, it's like, you know, this was like my period that day. And she was like, you really, and then the next thing, it was like, okay, 10 a.m. And it was like, it was another thought. Or so, and she was like, literally everything is in here. I was like, no, that's my Bible. So the thing is, I am very, it's literally, if it's not in my calendar, it didn't happen. Because every thought, like even my Instagram stories, like my calendar this morning was reminding me what I wanted to Instagram story today and at what time. And that goes in the calendar. Yeah, so well, as long as it's locked down in the calendar. So yes, if I do want to get my nails done at 12 p.m. one day, it's because I looked in my calendar and I can't go Thursday at six. I can only go Thursday at 2:30 from 2:30 to 3:45 or whatever. You know, so it's all everything is like it's a full pack schedule. People think bloggers are just like running around taking pictures. It's like sometimes I'm there's days when I don't look up from my computer, and other yeah. days I have life days where I do have to get all of that kind of stuff done. You know, because every day is so different and having it in your calendar takes it off of your plate to stress about it. And if you're, if it's not my calendar and I'm thinking about it before I go to bed, I don't sleep that night because I literally dream about, oh shoot, what was I supposed to do tomorrow at 9 a.m.? Or like, I always write down my thoughts before I go to sleep because I don't want to be thinking about them in my sleep. And that's something I found super helpful recently. Like I have to know, because then I'll wake up in the night thinking about it. I'll be like, no, Nicole, it's on your notepad. Yeah, exactly. This iPhone, if someone ever got a hold of that cloud, oh boy. Oh my God, I'm sure. <laughs> the cloud can talk. <laughs> that is so funny. No, I totally get that. And even just with where I'm going after this, it's funny that you say that because I'm going to this bodywork session with Lauren Roxburgh. Oh. I don't know if you met her last no, night. No, no, but, but I know She does awesome bodywork. And so we had planned, originally we planned 1 p.m. And then Brittany, who works for her, yeah, yeah. said, can you do 2 p.m.? And I said yes, and I didn't change it in my calendar because I knew that it would, like, alert everyone that was involved, and I just thought, whatever, I'll remember this, 2 p.m., because that's better anyway, because Nicole and I would probably go over and, like, keep talking and that kind of stuff. 2 p.m. is great. And then, so I'm thinking 2 p.m., 2 p.m., 2 p.m. Then I saw them last night, and this is kind of now, like, a long story because Lauren introduced me to my acupuncturist. So the moment I saw Lauren, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to the acupuncturist tomorrow at three. And then as I'm standing there, I'm like, wait, Oh wait, Oh no, we're not. Oh, we're meeting at two. Wait, I can't get to acupuncture by three, but I had it in my calendar at one. And that's why I thought I was. Yep. It's, and she was just like, it's cool. We'll meet at one 30. So perfect. She's yeah. flexible and awesome. So we're doing that. But it's just funny that I like told myself I will remember. I will remember. Don't no, forget this thing, and you still forget. Yeah, I literally put everything to the minute, and like also sometimes because the calendar automatically goes in as thirty minutes or an hour. But if it's yeah. going to be like twenty minutes, it goes in as twenty minutes. Like yeah. it's got to be to the yeah because you don't want it to be messed up. Yeah, I I learned to get better about that. Yeah, yeah Christina, because I would just put things in like. My brain works in the way that I just need to know what's happening on that day, and I can kind of, yep. like, play it around in my head. Like There's I always, write, like, like, one or two main things. Yeah, like, Nicole, uh, Nicole yeah. podcast, while you work with Lauren, acupuncture, yoga with Jill tonight. Like, I can, I know what time those are happening, so I don't need to, like, specify. But I would just throw something in my calendar previously before I had Christina's help, and she would be, like, 
wait, Nicole's not coming over at three. She's coming over at 11. And I'm like, oh, I know. I just need it in the calendar, like just right in front of me. And she's like, you can't do that. I I can't help you if you do that. So I've learned a lot. But as we wrap up here, because we could talk forever, forever. I want to ask you um, a question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. This will be our final question for today. If you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? Okay, so the natural answer, my immediate thought is blue, but people, the energy associated with blue would be, like, down, I think, but I think of blue as, like, vibrance, and maybe it's partially just because I live my life by, you know, beach to beach, and I love, I am a sunset chaser for life, so for me, blue means everything, so blue for me is, like, soul and positivity and vibrance and energy, not the down and dull and sad I feel that way about blue. I'm I'm very blue. You are. Think of it more as like you're the blue that's behind you. Look at that. Yeah, it's like turquoise meets like a Bermuda ocean. Yes. Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle waters meet a sunset sky with a dash of pink. If we're gonna get beautiful, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at Nicole right now, and behind her is this picture of basically the Bora Bora ocean, and that's. I see that. I see that blue yeah. in your aura. And I'm, I'm a me, vibrant blue. Yeah, blue is vibrant. I don't think it's down. Mm-hmm. I think of a down, what's black? That's yeah. what I think of it. But I still like black. But, but I wear like, black. I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a New York girl. You wear all black all yeah, the time. Yeah, totally. So I don't know if there is a down color if you look at no, things. No, yeah, you gotta, it's way. whatever color represents you and your positivity, so. Exactly. So tell everyone, Nicole, where they can find you. So you guys can find me on Instagram at nobread, one word. And my website is nobread.com so it's been amazing chatting with you Jordan and I'm actually so so happy we're finally able to do this and share both our stories so I know me too I always say I love this podcast the most because I get to have these like really deep heart-to-heart talks with the people that I love so much without our phones and without like you know the daily distractions of where we might be otherwise so it's always really special, and we'll have you back on for sure because yes. this flu by this is even I know. twenty minutes more than usual. I don't usually have a stopping time, but <laughs> I, I love it. So thank you for being here. You're the best. Thank you.